you agree that, you know, it's time that we all wake up and take responsibility, even for our ancestors that did not know any better? been waiting patiently to have this kind of conversation. <laughs> well, it's Wake Up With KC, and today I'm going to talk about something that, yes, I'm passionate about and I've always been curious about, you know, being in the, in the TV and film industry, you know, let's say Hollywood. What are the positive and the negative aspects to that and what wisdom can we gain from knowing both to help us if we're passionate about being an actor or an actress and getting into into that industry and i have a special guest joining us today please welcome stephen joiner hey stephen hello kimberly how you doing it's i'm doing great getting my day started and i noticed your hat it's almost like my hat. I love it. Yes, yes. Uh, I decided to wear it because you were wearing one, and I figured we it looks great, you know. So we, yeah, we're 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 hat we're we're kindred spirits today. So yes, and you, you know, since we've you know we connected through Keanu uh, Keanu Mitchell, who is another podcaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wonderful. And I felt like it was like this instant connection between you and me. And mm -hmm. I've loved this journey and this relationship that we've established. And I've been so fascinated by, you know, how you became a child actor and doing what you're doing now. And okay. everybody that you've come across and met and connected with too. Okay. So how did your journey begin? Oh, okay. Well, God, uh, <coughs> excuse me. Go back to the beginning. A good place to start. I um, was born in Southern California. And um, when I was a kid, my, my mother, let me go back a little bit further. My mother, she was my best friend and a wonderful woman. I miss her every day very much. Her name was Marianne. And my mom back in the late 50s went to a girl's college preparatory school called Anokia, and it was in Arcadia, California. It's no longer there. And she went to school. Her roommate was Cecil B. DeMille's granddaughter. Uh, she knew Ernie Kovac's daughter. She knew uh, Edie Adams, uh, a lot of celebrities' kids. And when I was a little kid, um, I used to stay up late on weekends, not school nights, and I'd watch old black and white TV. So I would things I would see things like uh, Sunset Boulevard, uh, uh, just, just great stuff, great stuff that they don't show anymore. And um, I, I was I was very much an introverted person once upon a time. I was a very shy person. And my older brother, he, who passed away over a year ago, Bobby, he was uh, he was a very shy guy, but he was really into music. So Bob could play guitar like nobody else. Anyway, my mom took me to a play um, at the Spreckles Theater in San Diego, and it was called Toby Tyler, and uh, the cast was made of kids. And I thought, you know what, I, 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 I want to do that. It looks fun. It looks cool. You know, it's a lot of work, but it looks fun. So I, uh, she enrolled me in a thing called Multimedia Arts, and it was an acting coach. One of my acting coaches was a guy named Gordon Jump, uh, Gordon was on WKRP in Cincinnati. He was the, the old guy, and he was a Maytag repairman. I mean, he, he, if you knew him, you saw him. Oh. And, and one of my classmates was a very young Mario Lopez who went on to do amazing stuff, and uh, Heather O'Rourke from the Poltergeist films. She, I didn't meet her. She, she was out of there by the time I got in there. You know, she'd and she was actually on Happy Days. That was a show, and then Spielberg saw her at the commissary, and Anyway, so um, first gig professional I did was for uh, something called RC Cola. I don't even know if they make it anymore. Uh, and it was a beach commercial they were shooting, and I had very blonde hair back in those days. And they would do extra. You know, I'm there with, uh, I think I was like part of a mock family, or I was, I was there with an older girl, like a hot girl and a dad, and I'm like, you know, holding the string, you know, that, that sort of shit. 
And then um, two years later, they were doing a cattle call. So they would do cattle calls and they would look for kids of certain height, hair colors. Do you interviewed Scotty, right? Yes. Okay, so Scotty was way bigger than I ever was, and but then he had an agent and all that. But anyway, so I but I did get an agent, and uh, I would do bit parts here and there. Um, uh, I did the Devil Max Devlin, a very weird Disney movie with Bill Cosby and Ellie Gould. Um, I uh, just a lot of stuff, uh, emergency, uh, just random things here and there, and I'd always have one or two lines. So, and then. Um, I, I enjoyed it. And then I did a lot of theater in San Diego. I was in Arsenic and Old Lace. My favorite play was Arsenic and Old Lace. I got to play Jonathan. And if you've ever seen the play, it's very, very funny. It's about these two old women that kill old widowers. They think they're doing a mercy killing. It's, it, it's a wild play. And I played the the evil brother who had botched plastic surgery. Who, and he ends up looking like Boris Karloff. So I used to sit in the makeup chair. Anyway, around 1980. Five or six, I was doing a guest spot on something, and I was in the studio commissary, and I met a young woman who is no longer, I won't say her name, she, she passed away. I'll tell you off air, but she passed away very, very big. And she was very popular on a very popular TV show, and she was one of the most miserable people I ever met in my life, just sad and depressed. And I would talk to other people, not Scotty, because I didn't know Scotty then, but people in that stratosphere. And I'd ask them, like, well, what's it like, you know? And because, and, you know, they were very visible. You'd see them every week and all that. But they went to school on set. They didn't get to go to normal school. They didn't get to, um, you know, they were lambasted. At, when they would go out, they'd get lambasted by people, you know, in jealousy, whatever the hell, you know, it was rough. One of my good friends who I don't think you've met is a man named Stanley Livingston. And Stan was Chip Douglas on my three sons. And I used to talk to Stan in those days and be like, Stan, you know, what should I do with this? What should I do with that? He says, you know, if you're going to make this a full-time gig, you got to give up things. You're never, you can't go to your prom. You can't do this. You can't do that. So I decided against it. So I went back to being a quote normal kid. Plus, there was a lot of domestic violence shit going on at my house. My uh, my 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 father was very violent, and uh, a whole different story for a whole different day. But uh, my parents finally divorced, and it was just me and my mom. So I was living a normal existence. Now, in '89, they were casting for a film that I really wanted to be a part of. And I went in there and I read and I got the gig and I got to do that. That was fun. And then um, they, I got the bug bit me again and I started doing uh, uh, some play work here and there. So I did uh, The Diary of Anne Frank, uh, Streetcar Named Desire. I was older than I was more mature, so I, I could feel, fit the build for these sort of things. Usually I was playing the kid, then I was doing the man roles. Um, around 1999, my father got lung cancer and I came to take care of him. And then I just, I, I worked at a plumbing union for a while. I was a plumber. Actually, I worked for, I was a, a second year apprentice. I did plumbing. It was a shitty job <laughs> anyway. And then, and then, and then, uh, and then I, I, I realized I had people with communication skills. So sorry for your dog. That's my neighbor's dog. Silence out there. <laughs> anyway, but, uh, um, yeah, you should have that out. I don't want to yell, dog. But anyway, um, how I got to where I am now, I'm I'm what they call a publicist, and and a lot of people think a lot of people I met they get that confused. They think publisher. But can you see me? Am I still in your box here? Uh, move over to yeah. There you go. We're here. Uh, just okay. No, you're now you're getting out of the box. There you go. Okay. How's that? That's perfect. Okay. So um, here's where I got to where I am now. That's the boring backstory of me. And then all your other guests. See, see, folks, I send Kimberly people sometimes to be interviewed. And they're the fun ones, the Bruce Falanches and Scotty Schwartz. Sadly, you got me today. <laughs> so anyway, um, about five years ago, one of my best friends, one of my mentors, one of my 
literally dearest friends is a screenwriter named Carl Gottlieb. And for your audience, Carl's the man who wrote the movie Jaws for Universal. Peter Benson wrote the novel. Carl wrote the movie and its sequels, except for four. He also co-wrote The Jerk with Steve Martin and, and uh, Carl Reiner. Uh, we have comic. I'm sure Florida's got them. Out in L.A. and San Diego, we have Comic-Cons and Comic Book. Well, actually, you have a big one down where you're at called Shark Con, where they uh, get a lot of shark enthusiasts. And Jaws is yeah. the first summer shark blockbuster. Week. Yeah, exactly. So I had booked Carl, one of the actors of Jaws, and Joao's on a, at a um, an autograph show. This is five years ago. It was called the Hollywood Show Memorabilia, a Hollywood, a Hollywood Show Collectors of Memorabilia Show. And I booked them at that. And a Facebook friend of mine who was a podcaster in Boston reached out to me and he says, you know, I'd really love to interview them. And I'm like, what's well, a podcast? He says, well, it's like a radio show. I'm like, okay. So I can't give you their number. But I can get you in contact with them. I talked to them first, the three people, Carl and the other two. And I said, um, this guy in New England wants to interview you. What do you say? Oh, yeah, we'll do it. What the hell? And I set it up. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't even know about anything like this. This is all foreign to me. Um, went well. Two weeks later, the guy, and he was a sleazy guy. I'm sorry. He was a sleazy dude. He's tr he's, he was looking at my Facebook because we were Facebook friends. He was looking at my pictures, and he saw Lou Diamond Phillips and uh, just people I met in my life, Lisa and so on. He says, I'd love to interview every famous person you ever met. I'm like, great. I need a job. Hire me. <laughs> He's all, well, the show doesn't have a budget. I'm like, okay, well, I can't help you, man. I'm not, I mean, I don't mind helping people, but I'm not going to line up your show, make it big, and then just, you know, I, 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 I need a job. So I realized, Kimberly, there's probably more than one podcast out there than this guy. This is how green I was. So I reached out to different shows, and I... Fucking, I'm messing up on it. Am I still in your frame? Why am I, there we go. Yeah. So go. I, folks, you can tell I don't do interviews and I don't do a lot of these interviews. So over the course of five years, I ran a lot of ads and that's, a, and I would advertise my services as a publicist. So what I do is I work with wonderful people like Kimberly here. I send them guests and, um, and and I'll send her some. I've sent her like people who were famous before her and I were born, like way back when. And then I'll send people who are pretty new to the industry who just joined like the Screen Actors Guild or people who were you know you know and uh, and then another thing I do that I pride myself on that a lot of PR people don't do is I'll take someone like Kimberly here and book her on shows. So. Yeah. That's what I do in any, in, in any given week, people, uh, I will book in excess of 40 interviews. I'm not joking. My throat will be on fire at the end of the day. Matter of fact, her, Kimberly and I here were supposed to do our interview last week. And I was just, Mary Kim, I was just, I, I yeah. burned out. It's a lot to talk on the phone. It, it's like Jerry Maguire sometimes. <laughs> it's, it's very. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if that, yeah, that would be the fun part. But a lot of the talking, a lot of the, you know, my, I have a roommate here. He's a good guy, but he'll trip out and, and he'll wonder, like, you know, what is he on the phone to so and so? Like, I like blowing his mind, it, freaking him out because, like, we were watching Jaws three not too long ago, and he uh, was into into the movies. Like, oh, I love it. And I called Joe Alves. But the dude that directed, I'm like, oh, hey, Joe, this is, you know, so it's cool to put people together. For me, it's kind of neat. Oh, I sent you D. Wallace, remember? Yeah. Through, through Harlan, Harlan and Boy. Actually, she is coming up. Um, our interview is actually, by the time everybody sees this, it's already been aired. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so I, 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 the PR, us publicists, we, we, we kind of hang out a little bit. We, we, it's, it's, it's a friendly competition, but it's also a friendly collaboration. Yeah. And there's a guy named Harlan I know in LA who's, he's a good dude and he represents D Walls and I have known D and D and Kimberly have the similar gifts Yes. And uh, they got together, and so I reached out to Harlan. So if Harlan needs a borrow, it's a fun thing, you know. So I like putting things together. My last name kind of fits me. So that's what I do. I'm the guy that you hire to help lose your anonymity in all the good ways. 
and and I put you out there. I don't use the term branding. I hate when people use the term branding because they, my parents got together and had me, and your parents got together and had you. We were branded. My opinion. I don't right. use that. I'm not. I'm not Ed McMahon. I'm not Star Search, but I do like to help people. You know, get ex get exposure. You know, to their book, to their art, to their film, to whatever. It's not just movies and films. It, it could be authors. And, and and hear their point of views. I like to look for the similarities instead of differences. So mm -hmm. Kim can tell you, I'll get on the phone with Kim on, and this is probably what I'll be remembered for when I'm gone. And Kim, you've been on the receiving end of these conversations. Hey, Kim, uh, have you ever spoke to a one-armed dwarf that juggles? No, I haven't. Well, hold on. <laughs> you, you, you've been ambushed on my calls. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So, that, uh, so that's what I do. And I like to put things together and I, I, I don't have any children, so I have no legacy to leave. So the only legacy I'm going to leave is hopefully this, this is what I'm going to do. I quote a guy named Albert Pike every now and then. And Pike's quote is what we have done for ourselves dies with us. What we have done for the world and the universe is and forever remains and remains and is immortal. Mm -hmm. I'm getting it wrong, but that's the gist of Pike's quote. Okay. So that's, that's what I do, Kimberly. And um, you've you've had to experience or had interesting, you know, experiences with these other actors and whatnot. Mm -hmm. What is the most humorous or funniest experience? Oh, you want to hear about like the fun, crazy stories, right? Yes. Like, what is the yeah, most yeah, yeah, right, one that you've experienced? You have an ear to ear grin, and, and you look like a little girl just dying to hear something. Okay. Yes. So, all right. I'm wearing my 007 shirt because one of my clients, Stephen Rubin, has Rubin been on your program yet? I, no, I don't think so. I got to put Steve on your program. Steve okay. has been writing about James Bond since the 70s, and he also wrote one of the, one of the most intense Twilight Zone books ever. Oh, wow. And I have not seen no I well, I saw no time to die. So anyway, um you want to hear stories like well, like what, like funny stories? I don't want to tell yeah, you. Yeah, just a funniest experience dealing with some of these actors. You don't have to say their name if if you don't, but you could say I oh, prefer not. Um Yeah. But okay. what's the most funniest? You know my Wilford Brimler's my Wilford Brimley story? No. You don't. Uh -oh. All right. A few years ago, this is this is a story some people know, and it, it's kind of funny and tragic at the same time. I'm sorry, folks. I'm screwing around with the camera here. I'm, as you can tell, I'm not. I don't really do these. So, um, there was an old comedic actor. He was a character actor who I used to book on a lot of shows. He was in Greece. He's in a lot of stuff. And Kim, you know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah, and I, I, I had to let him go because mm -hmm. of some... Anyway, back before when he and I were friends and I was booking up shows, I booked him in an autograph show in L.A. And there was a Steven Spielberg movie called 1941 that came out years ago, and, and it was a World War II comedy with John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd, Robert Stack. I mean, it had the who's who in there. And it was a bomb because Spielberg, Steven's good at... At, at dramas he's not really good at comedy well i'm at a panel table with said actor who was in that movie uh nancy allen sitting right next to him, and then tim matheson and susan baccalini susan was a swimmer in jaws chrissy and and so we're sitting at a table it's hard to explain we're at a table and then across from us is lou frigno the incredible hulk Incredible Hulk and Mackenzie Phillips uh, from One Day at a Time, Graffiti, you know, stuff like that. Okay, and then to the left of them is a row, and there's other tables. It's like always, you know, it's the way it's set up. Well, there's Stephanie Powers from Heart to Heart, and then there's Wolford Brimley. My client friend at the time, who had booked the shows, he used to call me, he, he, my nickname for the only person he could call, who could call me Stevie. He's all Stevie, Stevie. He's all, is that who I think it is over there? I'm like, who? He's always that the girl from the man from uncle. I'm like, huh? He's a heart to heart. I'm like, yeah, Stephanie powers. Why this man's voice projected. 
it's like I'm sure you know people like that where you're in a room and it just projects the whole restaurant hears it or the whole room hears it. That's me. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. So he's all I thought so. And then the next thing he says was he says, you know, she looks basically he said she looks awful. He said time wasn't good on her. He said something to the effect of like time wasn't good on her. She doesn't look something mean, right? And I'm like, dude, that's rude. And next thing I know, Wilford Brimley, who is sitting right next to her, has his arms folded and he leans back his chair and he, like turns around and looks at us and gives us this like eat shit and die look. I'm like, dude, he heard us. And my friend's like, nah, he's like a hundred years old. There's no way he heard us, right? And I'm like, yeah, no, he heard us. So about 10 minutes later, Brimley comes walking right up towards us. He's got the Panamanian hat on. He's got the Tommy Bahama shirt on. And just, it, it, it's him. It's Wilford Brimley. And I go to shake his hand and his arms cross. Now, what I've learned in life is when you go to talk to somebody and they cross their arms, usually that's not a good sign. And he says, you know, I couldn't over, I couldn't help but overhear what you gentlemen had to say about the young woman. And my friend who could not shut up snickers, he's all uh, young woman. What are you talking about? You know? And he says, you know, you two gentlemen may want to think your position about this. Basically, long story short, he was getting gangster on us and telling us how he was going to whoop our ass. And it's like, it's Wilford Brimley. And it's like, Oh fuck! I'm like Wolverine, 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 like you know, if we fight him, we're the jerks that fought everybody's grandfather. But if he beats us up, we're the idiots who got beat up by the. There's no win. It's like finding a girl. There's no winning this. But yeah, we got punked out by Wolfer Grimley. Oh wow! <laughs> I saw Gary Busey attack Jonathan Winters one time. Oh. I saw. Remember Flash Gordon? Yes. Okay, I know Sam Jones. I saw Sam Jones and Lou Frigno get into a fist fight. Yeah, so I've seen some weird stuff. I mean, I don't want to... I mean, all these things were resolved, too, you know, but they, they always happened at signing shows. That's a funny thing, Kimberly. They were always at autograph shows. They never happened, you know, like when we were out at lunch or dinner or whatever. They always happened at autograph shows. But yeah, I saw... I, but that was, to me, that was funny. The whole Wolford Brimley wanting, basically right. punking, punking us out like we're kids. That was kind of funny. Um, well, let me ask you something. Yeah. What is the most fondest experience working with somebody, some with some of your clients? What is the one fondest that you'll you always cherish? I I could tell you that without even thinking. So. There was an old actor named David Selby, and I don't know if you or your listeners, viewers, excuse me, it's TV, I don't know if your viewers will ever remember, back in the 60s, maybe in reruns they saw it, there was a show called Dark Shadows. Did you ever hear of it? Honestly, no. Okay. Dark Shadows was a very, very cool show, and Catherine Lee Scott and David was in it. David was also on uh, um, Falcon Crest. I think it was. And anyway, very Dark Shadows. Johnny Depp did a movie on Dark Shadows. And it was a very, you like gothy stuff. Look up Dark Shadows TV show today. You'll see. Okay. So David, a uh, very sweet Southern gentleman. And he played a vampire in that show. He, um, I met him. And it's funny because my mom and I and my brother, they're both gone now we would watch movies together and I miss, I miss that about them, Kimberly, you know, I miss them very much, but my mom and I, and my brother, we would just get together and watch movies. And, and it just wasn't anyway, back to David. I was telling David my story. He wanted to know about me. I met him through a guy named Greg Mulvaney. Greg Mulvaney was in Bob Carroll, Ted Nows, and he was on a show called Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. He played the, uh, the husband. And Greg um, got me in touch with David, and I met David, and I'm talking to David, and I'm booking him, just like I do with you. I'm booking him on a show. I do a three-way call, blah, blah, And he says, Stephen, he says, you know, tell me about yourself. And he just had a very kind, you know, way about him, and I was telling him my story, you know, and it was what I did and all that. And I told him my mom had passed a couple years ago. I was bummed about it. Well, David's mom who he was close to passed away as well. And he wrote a book about his mother and it became a New York time bestseller. He said, son, send me your address, please. 
and he mailed me a book overnight and it was inscribed and it was it, to me that was that was beautiful i i, I like that oh so that was my one of my best memories right there wow so let me ask you steven with everything that you've experienced being in the industry mm-hmm. even doing what you do now by connecting with other people what can wisdom can you share about you know there is some negativity you know negative aspects of being in the industry yeah but if there's a young you know up and coming artist that wants to be in this industry what little nuggets can you share to help them along their path their journey i think what i would tell anybody whether it be actor musician director whatever you know if you want to be in the entertainment industry first things first know who you are know who you are and do it for all the right reasons i had a guy not too long ago mess contact me i ran an ad and he contacted me he says i i want to be an actor i says okay i said why do you want to be an actor oh i want to be a millionaire and and move to malibu and marry a six foot blonde with big you know personalities mm-hmm. i said great go become a plastic surgeon don't become an actor <laughs> so but know who you are be confident in who you are there are a lot of actors i you've interviewed i've sent you some comedians who mm-hmm. who are they're empty and they have to feed off of that laughter they have to feed off to the after that acceptance if you don't give a rat's ass excuse me uh that's okay. Yeah. Okay. If you don't care about the acceptance, you're happy and confident with who you are, and you don't want to please everybody because you're not going to be liked by everybody. Be happy with who you are. Be content with who you are before you decide to go take on a role and be someone else. And also be ready for disappointment, rejection. You have to handle rejection when you're in this industry. You have to. Don't take it personal. It's just it's part of the gig. Um. I had an old client, and I'm going to quote him. This is not my quote. It's his. He says, if you go out to L.A., give it, or if you or if you get into the industry, give it the five-year plan. The five-year plan originally was given to James Garner from the Rockford Files. Basically, James Garner wanted to go out to L.A., and he wanted to become an actor, and he told his dad that. He said, go out there for five years. If you go into something, acting, whatever, and you go to L.A., Go there for five years. If if nothing happens in five years, it just wasn't meant to be. Now, will people follow that? Is it gospel? No. That's just what I've learned. Me, my story is different. I just stumbled into a lot of stuff. It just happened. You know, I, I lived in the area, and, and it, it, just, it just happened. Know who you are, and also, most importantly, too, Whoever is in, you're going to have, don't listen to naysayers. Don't listen, don't listen to people who say, well, Kimberly, you can't be an actress. Or you can, don't, li- don't listen to those people. And when you make it, if you're lucky enough to make it and be successful, remember all the people who are there with you now. Because as you grow, I told this to all my clients, Michael Lloyd, I told this to Michael the other day. As you become more well-known, and famous or whatever that's when you start getting messages like hey kimberly it's steven and i we sat next to each other in the fifth grade remember me you know you get these bandwagon jumpers my i don't gauge success in the i gauge success differently kimberly whoever is in your corner now that's most important and Mm -hmm. if you're happy if you have a great woman or a great man or you're happy right now in life you've already accomplished it you've already made it all the other stuff is, is gravy at this point. It's but, just a bonus. Yeah, it's all but it is. But you got to just, like you said, I agree with you. You got to be content with who you are. If you don't yeah. like who you are and you want to be somebody else, you got to change what's up in here, your mindset, how you you think and feel and, you know, forgive yourself for your past, but you can't keep living in the past. It's it's easy to do though for people living how I live it. You know what? I'll share. I'm we're we're dear friends, you and I. I'll share with you. I live in the past a lot. I do. I really do. It's just comfortable. It is comfortable. I mean, I I, I, I 
I didn't have any children. That's just for different reasons. Um, but you know, I, I, I guess my thing is, is uh, now we're getting deep folks. <laughs> my thing is, is that I didn't get to have closure. There was not, there was, you know, there was not a lot of good, there weren't a lot of goodbyes basically. When my mom died, she died in her sleep. I didn't get a chance to say goodbye to her. When my brother died, he, they found him. The, the San Bernardino police found Bob on the ground. They took him to the hospital, and he died of a heart attack later that day. He had uh, heroin and speed and, and just a lot of bad stuff in the system, and he died. And I was notified. I told my wife two nights before. Now, like unlike you, like and Artie Hoffman, I don't have gifts. And I mean, your audience knows what I'm talking about. I don't have gifts. I have feelings. Meaning, I, I, I have some intuition. Like, I have a feeling that something may be wrong. I, but I'm not like you and Artie. I'm not in your world. You guys are the real deal. I just, it's just into whatever you want to call it. Two nights before I found out Bob had died, I was out with my wife and we were at a casino. She was, she would play slot machines and we were at a casino in North County, San Diego, Temecula. And I had this overwhelming feeling of grief, like sad, just really, really sad. And Kimberly, I could, and I told her, I said, you know, something's wrong at the time. It was Kobe Bryant's helicopter who just crashed and he passed and that was a horrible thing you know and the nation was the nation mourned that because he, he was a great guy i never met him but i'm a diehard lakers fan and just as a human being that was horrible the coronavirus you remember was just starting to get some get some press you know we had we still re, nothing was closed we didn't know what was going on about that yet and my friend the actor who i managed during you know the guy who was with me during the wilford brimley thing he just had open heart surgery. So in my mind, Kimberly, I'm thinking maybe he, he died, right? I don't know, Kimberly. It was the weirdest thing. I was sad. I was like something. It was like wearing a, 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 a jacket covered in grief and sadness. It was a weird, I, if you know the feeling, I don't know how to explain it. Well, two days later, I get a call from a friend of mine. Now, the police didn't notify me my brother died. This is what really sucked. I am currently in Kansas City, Missouri. There was a guy I knew who lived here, and he he drank a lot. And he calls me, and he says, listen, man, I got to talk to you. And we text me. I said, dude, I can't talk. He's like, no, you have to call me. It's important. Now, this is one of those alcoholic friends who would text me at 2 in the morning. Hey, what are you doing? I'm like, yeah, sleeping. What are you doing? You know. <laughs> anyway, um, he says, you need to call me. The police just called. I thought, Okay, maybe something happened to his daughter, or, or, or I I don't know. And I called, and my wife was driving, and we're going down the uh, Interstate Five Freeway, and he said, "Your brother's dead." And um, wow. and here's the sad thing: Bobby was a beautiful soul. My mom was too. They were my my brother and my mom are the reason for who I am now. My dad, not so much. I mean, I love my dad. I mean, Rob, my dad was a very very hard man to love. Very uh, story for a whole different day. But Bob, before Bob got into drugs, now when he was a teenager, he smoked pot and he drank, you know, beer and that. I don't know any teenager that didn't. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, if they didn't, good for them. But, you know, we were, you and I in our age bracket, Kim, that was just a thing. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until he started doing methamphetamine and cocaine, the heavy powders, that things went bad. And then he got clean, and then he, uh, but then he picked up the needle and started shooting heroin, and that was the worst. Mm. Well, my friend calls me up, says my brother died. Wouldn't give me logistics. And he gave me the number of a, he wanted to give me the number of the police detective who's going to be handling the case. My friend, who I'm not friends with anymore, he and I are done. Uh, he still lives here, but I won't talk to him. He lives in this town. I will not speak to him um, for something else. But anyway, he says, I'll give you the number of the guy tomorrow. He's always asleep. I'm like, dude, no, my brother just died. I need that damn number. I was mad. He's like, no, I can't. So my wife pulled over the car. I didn't cry. 
I went home. I called the San Bernardino Sheriff's Department and said, hey, I got a message. And the dude called me back and said that Bob died of... Okay, so Bob was found on the street. He had hypothermia, sepsis, high levels of, of methamphetamine and, and um, heroin in his body. They took him to the hospital where he had thrown up a few times and... Um, they asked, do you have any family? He said, no, which kind of hurt, but, you know, I wasn't around him. I just, it was hard for me to be around my brother, Kimberly, because of the shit he was on. I couldn't be around him. Now, Bobby never stole from anybody. He never stole from me. He wasn't a thief. I would give him 10, 20 bucks, but every time I gave him money in the back of my head, I thought, well, if I give him money, that may be the heroin he buys that will kill him. I Anyway, so... Then the pandemic breaks out, and I had to wait months and months and months for the toxicology report. Mm -hmm. And then I finally got it all, and then he wanted to be cremated like my mom was. And I cremated, I had, Bob, Bobby was cremated, and then about two weeks ago, would have been, was it one year anniversary, I did a Facebook post. I took part of my brother's ashes out to uh, Oceanside, California, walked out on some rocks and scattered them out there like I did my mom. And, um, yeah. And just, um, so it's weird. I mean, I, I don't mean to bring our fun interview down, but this is, you know, I, 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 I miss him and I miss my mom and everybody I know has a cousin or a sister or aunt or whatever. I, I don't have anybody. It's just me. So when I go, that's it. Um, it's okay, but I do miss them. And, and, and I'm lucky enough to meet people like yourself, who I, th I think the world of you, I think the world of our, our group, we got a group uh, for, your, for, your water, for your viewers. We got a little group, Kim and I do, and she's part of it. And there are, they, are, they come from all walks of life, you know, all different everything. And so, but as, you know, the, the big holidays are coming up. We got Halloween uh, this weekend and uh, Thanksgiving and all these family holidays. And I make do, I think with honestly, Kimberly with every year, and I know you, you dealt with death and I know that like already you have a way of dealing with death that I don't and other folks don't. Um, with every year, Kimberly, to be honest with you, it gets easier and easier, you know? And so, but I always miss them. And, you know, uh, and it, but they're, they're, they they hold a special place in your heart. Oh yeah. And in here, every experience, like you know what you could take. And now I'm speaking as a coach to you. Oh my god, this interview <laughs> went to a coaching session. Well, it's a real show. I, I mean, I, I mean, I, I could tell others besides you is, you know, take the good memories. You know, like sitting oh, yeah. down watching movies. Yeah. Take that and like, wow, I really enjoyed my time. You know, um, and then just hold on to that. But then, you know, you got to let part of that grieving, you know, there's a time to grieve and then there's time to just celebrate. To me, they're in their back, they're back home in their truest form. But they're yes. still around. You can still feel them. They give you signs. Yes, they do. You earlier shared with me a picture of you and your brother. And your yeah. name is from Stephen Majors, Stephen McQueen, and then... Uh, oh, Lee Majors, Steve, Lee Majors. Lee Majors. But he yeah. played uh, Steve Austin in The Six Million Dollar Man. Right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So for, what she's talking about pre-interview was... Um, I'll sh you want to see it? I'll show it to your people if you, if you want. Uh, uh, my uh, so I wasn't planned. I was I wasn't an oops baby, but I wasn't planned. I weighed eleven pounds when I was born. In Holy 19 cow. Yes, eleven pounds. I was born July seventh, nineteen seventy six, and I was a big, big baby, eleven pounds. Well, I had a stepsister named Deanne, um, no longer with us as well, and. Uh, I don't know if she's alive or not, to be honest with you. She had uh, some difficulties, and I, I haven't seen Deanne since our dad's funeral in 99, but there was rumors she passed. I, I don't know. I haven't seen her in a long time. Anyway, my mom gave my older brother, Bobby, 
the the te- the you get to name him. You get to name your little brother. And my brother at the time watched a show called The Six Million Dollar Man, and the character's name was Steve Austin. And it was portrayed by Lee Majors, who went on went on to do The Fall Guy and a bunch of other great stuff. My mom was a fan of Steve McQueen, the uh, famous actor. And my sister loved uh, Steve Tyler of Aerosmith. So, as I said, I'm residing in Missouri right now, in, in Kansas City. Um, and I, um, when I got here, I like antiques. One of my hobbies is, I have two hobbies, uh, antiques. And I you actually can't really, you don't even know this about me. I, I could, I have another hobby which has to deal with airships and dirigibles. I can tell you anything about a blimp or zeppelin you'd ever want to know. I can tell you, you know, like, like you, you know where Pompano Beach is? Yeah. They pop, they, the they part, blimp. they part the Goodyear blimp. Yeah. I have been up with, I, I could tell you anything, two useless things right there. So, excuse me, I'm going to stand up here. When I moved here, I went to an antique store and I had, I have my picture of Bob. So this was this was Bob right here, and I I don't know where you could see uh, that. There, there, there you go. Oh Aww. shit, that's us. Uh, there we go. Got the Jaws Aww. shirt on, and all that. And so when I moved here, I went into an antique store, and I'm going to take you up here. Look what I find! It just jumped right out at me. Nice. Can you see it? Yeah. That's uh, a board game from the Six Million Dollar Man. And that's who I was named after. And it's like he was giving me a sign right there. I don't know. It was weird. Connecting with you just to let you know that he was there. That's how they, it's not like they move on, but they still stay connected to us. Yeah. I mean, my dad, you mm -hmm. know, he passed away, but then never know. And then I'll see a ace value, you know, true value go by. Or I see something with a fishing or something with a motocross. It's just these little connections of him saying, hey, I'm right here. I'm always here. I think that's what it was with that, that, that board game. And I remember mm-hmm. I saw it and I opened it up. And, and that thing is from 1975. And it's, it's, there's not a piece missing. It's all together. It's, it's insane. And I literally told the guy, I said, I don't care how much it is. I'm buying it. And it, it was weird. It was like a sign from Bobby. Yes, yeah, that's what yeah. it is. That's how the spirit side connects. Yeah. It's just pay, be open to pay attention and be just aware. I got to charge my phone here in a minute. So I, I love that when I hear things like that. I'm like, oh, they're connecting with you. <laughs> yeah. So be, just be encouraged that, and then just be aware. You'll never know when your mom and your brother send you a message. I'm going to plug you know, my phone in here. We're right gonna... here. You can't see us, but you could feel them. And there's times where people do see their, you know. Well, I haven't now. Like, like I said, unlike you and Artie, I've never actually experienced that before. And, and you well, you just did. Dude, the puzzle, come on. The game board. Yeah, I know. But you know what I'm saying? Like, 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 a, I already is never, I've never gotten a reading by anybody. I, uh, I, there's certain things I'm aware they exist. I just, I don't, I don't mess with them, you know? Right. I, well, you and I talked right. about this. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I, um, yeah, but, um, yeah. But I believe cool. if you stay open, Bobby will, still connect with you and you're you're starting to pay attention to and that will help you you know give you comfort he you does. got comfort when you saw that now come on oh my god you know what i i totally i'm sorry i had to move sets here because i had to plug my phone in um but um i um i did uh, i because it's not it's it was rare to be and it just kind of like jumped out at me and you know the turn you know you're asked oh my god holy shit look at that i wow i didn't you know and, and i hadn't seen i've never seen that thing before in real life and he owned that when he was a kid not that one but he owned one of those when he was a kid mm-hmm. and it was like hey man i'm here and you remember you remember in june what happened to me kimberly yeah when i moved I here kim knows my story what happened anyway wasn't a pleasant one bob that was like uh that was like he 
was sending me a message like, hey, I, I don't know. But so that was cool. So pay more attention and you'll have more of those wonderful, amazing experiences of connecting to your brother or to your mother because you're very fond. You have that bond still. It's just not in that physical way that you've accustomed yourself to. No, they're, they're, so, they're gone from my sight, but they're always in my heart, you know, and mm -hmm. that's the way I look at it. But yeah, so I mean, it's, uh, I didn't know what we'd be talking about. See, this is a cool thing about Kimberly's show. I didn't know we'd be talking about this, but yes, this is what, uh, what, what it is. But as far as, uh, you know, to go back to the uh, entertainment world, my thing is if you're a performer, and like I said, it doesn't have to be an, you could be a rapper, you could be a uh, director, you could be a whatever. Know who you are, know who's with you now, who's really with you now that being girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, um, family, friends, supporters. Right. And be ready to, ha you know, have rejection, but don't give up on it. Yes, I did talk about it, you know, doing the five-year plan, which Garner's dad had told him to do, which may have worked for him. Sometimes it may take longer. I don't, it's not gospel. Just, you know, but, but be happy doing it. If the day becomes like tedious and, um, then, then it's no fun anymore. And and if you're if you're if you're looking for representation, don't be in a rush to get an agent. See, everybody feels like, oh, I need an agent. I need an agent. The job of an agent is to broker deals. What that means is they have to. So if you're an actress, Kim, and you go out on uh, eight interviews, and three of those interviews get back to you, and in a week's time, and they all three want you for their TV show, right, or movie. You, that's when you go to your agent and your agent brokers deal and gets you the most money or tells you the best, whatever. That's the job of the agent. But okay. if you find things on your own merit, why do you want to give some agent 15% senseless? So that's what I tell people. Secondly, um, don't use the term branding. I, if you can branding, you're branded. You are the only you, you're the only Kimberly Chapman. You're I'm the only Steven Joyner. We are brand. I hate that term. I'm sorry. I don't like that right. term. And um, do it for all the right reasons. Don't do it. You know, don't do it. If you're a guy, don't do it because you want to get laid and be loved by people. You'll never know. It ain't going to work. You know, uh, do it because you really enjoy performing. You really enjoy. If you enjoy, if you know who you are and you and you want to play, I went to a Renaissance fair last week. Uh, Mara showed your pictures at. Do you, you know about that? No. I went to a Renaissance fair. I've never been to a Renaissance fair before. And they did a stage show where it was, uh, you know, King Arthur, you know, night Monty Python. I mean, I miss football, and and I and I and I went to a Renaissance. It was my friend's birthday, and they had guys performing, and it was really fun. They put on the, uh, the, the, I mean, the costumes is freaking awesome. You would have liked Kimberly, actually. It was kind of a wild scene. I, knowing you, like, like you, you would have dug it. They had pirates, and there was a lot of uh, very attractive people there, Kim. I, I could have totally seen you and your guy there. I totally could have seen you and your guy there. Well, um, you know what's funny? You bring up this Renaissance thing. We're about to go see The Last Duel, which there's true events yeah. That take, so I love movies that, you know, have a piece of history that takes, you know, some true events. We're I've yeah. been stuck on black sales lately. Um, because it, it goes yeah, there, into there history were of there were NASA, pirate people there. Bahamas. Yeah. yeah. And I know you and your history you love history. Kimberly is amazing when it comes to history and cultures and everything. So this is cool. But anyway, I, I'm 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 going off the rails here with that one. But yeah, they were performers. So know who you are. And then just have fun with it. And there's and there's nothing like the reward of of getting paid to do what you love. It's cool mm -hmm. when you make money doing what you love. That's awesome, you know. But don't go into it thinking I'm going to be a millionaire. I one of my friends, I could say his name, uh, Mark Schiffler. Yeah, oh, you I know, love I, him. you know, Mark. Yeah, did you interview yes. Mark? I did. I actually, okay. he's he's supposed to air. You uh, did, yeah. He, him and, his him, is, him and his amazing beard came on your show. It's funny, folks. Kim and I are very close, and I was telling her, like, Kimberly, should I grow a beard? She's like, don't you dare grow a beard. I'm like, really? She's like, yeah. She said, you, you look good as is. I, I, I need 
I needed to know what she thought because I've been like, should I? She's like, no, don't do it, Stephen. Stay how you are. But Mark has got a big beard. He has a character named El Yid, which is basically a collaboration of a rabbi and every Jewish uncle, you know. And uh, Mark was in the last house on the left, comedy right? wonderful guy. And um, he is 72 years young, and he has no intention on retiring. That's one thing about performers is some performers go until they go. Unlike if you worked at a bank and you worked there for, you know, so long and then you retire. So, and it's not a nine to five job either too. So you could be on a set at three in the morning. It's a very, it's a very weird existence and, and, and be careful with who you let in your world. I always say you're the CEO of your own life. You allow who gets in, who gets out. And you yeah, also- and when you're first, wouldn't it be safe to say, Stephen, that you know when you first start out, you're setting the foundation. Yeah, you got to be around other, like if you want to be successful and you have this passion to perform and mm-hmm. be in that industry, is connect with those that are already successful. Don't be like them. Be you. But take the nuggets that they learned from their failures and turn them into your successes. Would that be safe to say? And then when you get to that point where, you know, like you get a little more phone calls, more interviews, more auditions and whatnot, then you go to an agent because now if you don't know how to time management organization skills, that's going to really mess you up. Well, yeah. And then they, and they, they have to, you know, you're, you're, you're reaching out to these different people, but I always, I don't advocate getting an agent out the door and I know agencies are going to watch us and be like, Oh, screw him. But no, I'm serious about this. Cause they just, you know, they're good at what they do. They'll give you leads. Like if you've, if you were an actress, Kimberly, and I was like, Oh, Kimberly, um, they're auditioning and they need a redheaded woman like yourself. Hi, blah, blah. Here's the age bracket. Here's a character breakdown. I'm sorry. I plugged this in. So they'll, give you leads you follow up on them you do your own stuff but it's all but it's up to you to get it i mean but Mm -hmm. if you look on your own you can find them as well on your own and then you get it on your own merit like michael lloyd you know you get it on your own merit you don't need you got on a big show um that's one thing another thing i want to warn your listeners about are the uh the acting coaches watch out for those people if you hear the word Barbizon, ignore it. <laughs> Barbizon, uh, and it was a group that would come to town and say, oh, okay, Kimberly, for $2,000, we'll, uh, we'll put you on runways in New York, da 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 but we're going to send you to our photographers. We're going to teach you how to walk. You know, we're, this Liza do little shit. And then it turns out you just leave with a bunch of empty dreams and, and pictures. So that's mm-hmm. one sad thing, but there's, I mean, morally it's against law. Legally it isn't. Um, acting coaches are crucial. Uh, Susan Lanier uh, Bramlett. I, I think I introduced you to Suze. I don't recall. There's a friend of mine named Susan. So. Okay. There's a friend of mine named Susan. Oh, I will. There's a friend of mine named Susan who was in the, uh, the Hills have eyes and the original one. And she was on three's company and she was on a bunch of stuff. She's an act. She she teaches for fun, but you get these acting coaches out in California, and I'm sure they have them other places. Texas, I know they do. Um, where they did a beer commercial in 1982, and that's all they've done. But all of a sudden, they're Lee Strasberg, and they're going to teach you, you know, how to act. I think, and I know it's a very bold statement. The best acting coach you'll ever have is comes from within. You know, from life experiences. So if I say, Kimberly, we're going to do, we're shooting a movie and I need you to ball your eyes out in five minutes. Now you think of something sad that it causes you to tear up. But like I said, coaches serve their purposes. Everybody serves their purpose. Just be careful. So what I'm saying is like, if you're looking for an acting coach, research him or her, look at their success stories. Um, if you see negative stuff, there's negative shit written about me. I don't care. You know, you're always going to see negative. No one's got, you know, consider the source where it comes from. And if you are looking for an agency, if you get that point, 
ask a fellow performer, another actor or actress, say, hey, do you have an agent? Yeah, I do. So-and-so, he or she's good. Check it out. Do that. Do research. Research, research, research. Not everything online, as your viewers know, is fact. I'm I'm doing PR for a woman now. You re, you re, you reached out to Movita, did you not? Yes. Okay. Fascinating a, from what yeah. I've read and done my research on. My favorite. I look favorite. forward to her being a guest oh, on my show. Oh my god! I, I she's she's not an actress. She's an author, and she had a history in politics. And I I'm so. Did you guys lock down a date? I have to ask. I'm sorry. I, no, not yet. I'm waiting to hear back from her. Please, can you call her today? Uh, yes. Definitely. Okay, please. When you talk to her, you'd be like, God, it's like talking to my favorite aunt. She's got an amazing story, but I've had some, I've had a couple shows that are not interested in interviewing her because of what they've read and, you know, whatever. But for, for people who are aspiring to get in the industry, look up stuff and um, go with your gut instinct. It will never lead you along. And I if you, love that advice. Thank yeah. you, Stephen, for sharing. And if that. and if you ever need a publicist, I'm I'm for hire, and I'm good, but I may not be the right fit for you. Uh, you know what, Stephen? I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank you. And you're doing an amazing job. However, I want you to take better care of yourself. Yeah, yeah, Kimberly uh, gets on me because I, I, I have, uh, I have a bad habit of taking care of myself. I'll, I'll she'll be like, "Gee, today, no, to drink, drink water, heavy drinking water." I'm like, "Yeah, three days ago." She's like, "Jesus!" So, so, Kim, 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 Kim gets on me. She's, she's, she's great, but she gets on me. But and yeah, I, I will uh, continue to get on to you, Steve. <laughs> I know. I'm like, good morning. Did you drink water? Oh, wait. Are, did you have your second cup of coffee? Oh, yet? she'll she'll send me that. Well, coffee. Yeah, I'm good with coffee. I always <laughs> always like the coffee. But Kimberly, Kimberly's uh, very much a, an empathetic woman. I can't say enough good things about her. She cares. She genuinely cares. She's one of my favorite shows I work with because the production quality is good, except for me. Obviously, I'm not you know like the other guests, but. Um, she really takes pride in what she does, and she's—it's been a great collaboration. Then, and, and yeah, Kendra's and Kendra's awesome. We, we, Kendra and I only worked together one time, which was interesting. Mm -hmm. It was only one thing, and and I think it was could have been Hoffman. I don't remember what it was, but my thing is with the podcasts that I send people to. There's over 327 conservatively that I worked with, but respectively 327. It took me going through 400, if that makes any sense. I had, to, I had to go through a lot of, I'm so sorry, I had to go through a lot of, uh, a lot of sorting out, should we see. And there's a couple shows right now that I've known them, they're great, but I, I got to let them go. But, but it is what it is. It'll be fine. Yeah. But, I just love but, doing what I do, Stephen, and I'm such an open I have a open heart and an open mind, and I like to get look at, you know, everybody as an individual that yeah. has greatness, and you know they've been through things, you know, uh, what they've overcome, you know, their successes, their transformation, and even mm -hmm. learning about history and science and spirituality, which yeah. I love all three and history. That's my favorite. <laughs> it is fascinating. I'll send her a guest, and then Kimberly, Kimberly will be like, "Oh, you're a, uh, you're 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 uh, Puerto Rican. Let me tell you something about you know, like you go, you know your stuff very very well, and you go way way back, not just general stuff we learn in school, but yeah. But she she really she she does her own work. She's amazing. So. Well, you, I got to run and start the day now yes. and then do a million phone calls. But thanks so much, Kimberly, for having me on your program. I know this is. David, thank is, you for sharing your wisdom and, and your experiences. Uh, and I wish you nothing but the best of success. You too. And it's such an honor and a pleasure to meet somebody as. as well, you know me. You You're are. not just meeting me. We've known each other a long time. So I know. <laughs> But uh, check out Kimberly's show. It's it's out there. It's it's everywhere. And yeah, anybody that needs a publicist, yeah, uh, give I me left a ring. Your email. 
I left your email. My email is available. And if you want to call me, if you're uh, 816-605-4561, that is area code 816-605-4561. It's Stephen Joyner. I'm on Facebook. I am not on Instagram. I am, might get on TikTok. I don't know yet. I have the SJ Network. Uh, if you're interested and you ever want to actually talk more about it, let me know. But if you don't, I still wish you all the success in the world. And, but Kim, it's really an honor to work with you. Thank you for having me on your program. And I will talk to you soon. Yes. All right, Kimberly. Take care. You too. All right. Bye. Well, for any inspiring up and coming artists, whatever that may be, I hope these words of wisdom help you pursue your dream, what you're passionate about, and do it because. This is who you want to be. This is what you love to do. Don't do it for anything else. And like I said, you never know who I'm going to get on my show. Stay tuned for the next episode right here on Wake Up With KC. Do you agree that, you know, it's time that we all...